0: Hello out there in podcast land, welcome to Caregiving is a Ministry where we look at the word of God through the lens of caregiving. Just a little pick me up for the caregivers out there to remind you that God is very near and that his word speaks to you even in this season of caring for your loved ones. Alrighty, we are continuing our um, stroll along the psalm, psalms, and today we're on the 17th psalm. And so reading from the New International Version, it reads, hear me, Lord, my plea is just. Listen to my cry. Hear my prayer. It does not rise from deceitful lips. Let my vindication come from you. May your eyes see what is right. Though you probe my heart, Though you examine me at night and test me, you will find that I have planned no evil. My mouth has not transgressed. Though people try to bribe me, I have kept myself from the ways of the violent through what your lips have commanded. My steps have held to your path. My feet have not stumbled. I call on you, my God, for you will answer me. Turn your ear to me and hear my prayer. Show me the wonders of your great love. You who save by your right hand, those who take refuge in you from their foes, keep me as the apple of your eye, hide me in the shadow of your wings, from the wicked who are out to destroy me, from my mortal enemies who surround me, they close up their calloused hearts and their mouths speak with arrogance, they have tracked me down, they now surround me, my eyes alert to throw me to the ground or with eyes alert they throw me to the ground. They are like a lion, hungry for prey, like a fierce lion crouching in cover. Rise up, Lord, confront them, bring them down with your sword, rescue me from the wicked. By your hand save me from such people, Lord, from those of this world whose reward is in this life. May what you have stored up for the wicked fill their bellies, May their children gorge themselves on it, and may there be leftovers for their little ones. As for me, I will be vindicated and will see your face. When I awake, I will be satisfied with seeing your likeness. Hmm. So what do you think about that one? It was written by David, you may have guessed, and you may have guessed that this is a song of Psalm of Lament. And, you know, with all of David's experience experiences and what we have read about David and what his life was like, you know, the one thing that I think we can say that was consistent about David was his trust in God. And this psalm is a way for us to look at just how much David trusts God. To trust him in the great times and in the not so great times to always run to him for help for strength which is what David demonstrates in this psalm which I believe can be broken down into kind of like six notice I say six requests not six subsections but they're kind of like requests and so follow with me and you'll see why verses one and two are David asking God to hear him or another way is to acknowledge him David is asking God to look at him to turn his attention toward him Right? And I know I have oftentimes thought that God was busy with someone else's affair, not paying attention to me. Right? When He's silent, that's what I think we may think. But God is omnipresent as well as omniscient. So there isn't anything that is occurring that He does not know about, nor is there any place in this world where He is not present. I think we often get confused um, by His silence and that um, things that are not going well with us, when he's silent, we, we just think that he's not there, right? That he's not close to us. But the reality is he's here. He, he is there. He's right there beside us. He's just being silent to show us what's truly in our hearts. And what we see in David is what's truly in his heart is that he trusts God. What's truly in my heart? At times, it's not always that I trust God. Sometimes it may be frustration. It may be anger or disappointment. What's truly in your heart at times? I want to aspire to get to where David is, to where I truly trust God, no matter what. Verses 3 and 5, David asks God to examine him. That's a bold request. To look at David and to uncover, you know, all that is both good and not good in his heart's in his heart. Have uh, any of you out there asked God to search you? It took a long time for me to do that because I really didn't want to (laughs) know what God would discover in my heart, right? The untrust, the um, disappointment, the frustration, anything other than just my love and trust in God, right? I was happy in my ignorance, but as you mature, as I matured, Wanting to know the areas in my life that weren't in line with God and and wanting him to show me those things that were displeasing suddenly became very important to me as I matured in my walk with him. And I know as you mature in your walk with him, the same will occur. So we don't have to be afraid when we say, Lord, examine me. But that's what verses 3 and 5 do. Next, verses 6 and 7, David asked God to act, Right? to 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 show David you know that God is with him. He wants him to to act in in essence he's saying do something. Do something. And isn't this so real with us? Once again, we don't know um what to do when God is silent, when we're alone, when he when when he's silent and we may feel alone. We want him to act. We want to produce evidence, right, that he's there. What David wants and what we all want is that reassurance from God that he is with us and that we are following in his will. Verses 8 and 12, David asks God for his protection. He requests that God keep him as the apple of his eye. And I find it interesting that David understood that he was the apple of God's eye. How many of you think that you're the apple of God's eye? I hope you all do. Because you all are. We are. The enemy would have us believe God doesn't love us and that we've fallen out of God's favor, but then we are reminded that nothing can separate us from the love of God. In these verses, we can tell that David is fearful. He's fearful of harm, whether that be physical harm, which probably was for David, or for us, it could be spiritual or emotional harm. Not saying that physical harm isn't there as well, but physical and I mean emotional and spiritual harm the kind that come from being under uh, spiritual warfare a spiritual attack you know from the enemy and it can take the form of all sorts of things a toxic coworker, stuff breaking down in your home I remember the first time I was consciously aware that I was under a um, under uh, spiritual warfare I was in Hawaii and I remember Within the matter of a month, I had like three things that broke down. Um, My car stopped working correctly, the um, refrigerator stopped working, and I can't remember what the third thing was, but I remember, I think the third thing was the refrigerator, so I can't remember what the second thing was, but I remember when the refrigerator stopped working. It was a Friday, and I remember I was supposed to do a presentation along with some other officers. And all of our food was there. Mama was at daycare. And so I had to call one of my um, subordinate leaders and have them fill in for me. You know, tell my commander I couldn't be there. And then try and call for the um, appliance warranty that I had. But I remember going, okay, God, what is going on? Because things like this didn't happen to me. And I was like, all this stuff is breaking down. What? And I heard spiritual warfare. And I said, oh, it's the enemy. okay. And within that, I knew, hmm, oh, I can get through this because God is gonna use whatever's going on for my good, but I'm just going to stay strong in the Lord. So when you start having stuff that start bubbling up, it just means that you're on the enemy's radar, but you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. We all are. And so we just weather the storm with confidence and trust in God. We all cry out for God to shield us from harm and danger, but that's not always going to, to be the case because God uses that to reinforce who he is in our lives and for others to see and we come out stronger and better. So when we're under a storm, when we're asking for protection, it's, it's okay to ask, but understand that if he, he may not protect you in the way that you think, but to still have confidence in him. And then David um, throws it all on the line in verses 13 and 14 <laughs> by just saying, God save me to deliver him from the unrighteous. Now that goes back to what we just talked about of being protected. God isn't going to allow anything to hurt, harm, hurt or harm us that doesn't work in accordance with his will to help us grow in him. Right? And so David is now saying, well, can you save me? And oftentimes when we want saving, we want to just get out of the situation. I know I do. I don't even want to have to go through this. But once again, we have to trust in God. And what he does to save us may look a lot different than what we think saving is. You know, one of the things that I went back to the Lord with when Mama um, was in her you know, with in the middle of Alzheimer's and we were dealing with that was is this the abundant life that you died for us to have? Like I don't see how that works out, Jesus. Simple question, I wasn't being belligerent. It I needed to understand. Because my mother is losing her memory, losing her ability to walk, to chew, to feed herself, all of those things. I am witnessing this. How is this an abundant life? Once again, not looking at things the way God looks at. God looks at the abundant life and our attitude toward him and our willingness to serve him no matter what. That we can have the abundant life regardless of chaos that may be going on within our lives. To not tie the abundant life to what the world ties it to of, you know, wealth and, you know, you're looking young, you're never aged, your body doesn't break, you know, all of those things that are not guaranteed. <laughs> We're going to get old. Your body is going to start breaking down if you're not wealthy I'm not going to say that you won't be wealthy but that's not something to to aspire to to be wealthy just for wealth's sake now it's one thing if you want to be wealthy because you have plans and you're going to help the planet so to speak but still that may or may not be in God's will but it's still okay to ask God to save you sometimes he does deliver us exactly the way that we ask but The crux of the matter is to always trust God no matter what. And then David ends it that way. The very last thing that David says in this is that he will be satisfied with God. That he's satisfied in knowing that God has heard him and he knows that God will do what is best for him. David falls back on that foundation of trust in God. And it's because of his trust that he is assured that he will be satisfied and that everything will work out for God's glory and David's good. And that's a powerful lesson. So to summarize, we can summarize this psalm this way. David asks for God to hear him, to examine him, to show him, to protect him, to save him, and then to satisfy him all very legitimate requests right because God is our all in all he is the one that we are to go to because he is going to meet all of our needs and so I'm going to close this episode with the prayer and I'm going to use what we just summarized as our template let's pray Holy Father we come before you thanking you for being a God who hears us. We know that there is nothing that is inescapable from your sight, from your hearing, because you are omnipresent and you are omniscient, and we thank you for that, for hearing the cries of our heart that we may not even verbalize out in the open, but because you are God, you know what is in our hearts. And so never let us think that you've not heard us, but help us to be mature children of your kingdom, recognizing that you always hear us and that you delight in us coming to you and telling you what is in our hearts. We also come, Father, asking you to examine the things that are in our hearts and are in our thoughts that aren't in accordance with your will, things that keep us from thinking those good thoughts, things that are pure and that are good, things that worry us that we keep ruminating over and over in our head. Examine our hearts, Lord. Show us the things that we need to get rid of to submit to you to, so that you can remove them, so that when you do examine us, you will find us pure. We ask, Father, for you to show us through that examination, the things that we can improve upon, things that we need to let aside, lay aside. We ask that in the showing of us, Father, that we are obedient to what you show us to do. Show us the needs that are around us. Show us how to better care for the loved one you've given us charge over. Show us how to be more compassionate, how to be more kind, how to be more just and loving. Protect us, Father, from ourselves. <laughs> Sometimes we don't even need the enemy to, to, to come in our lives. We we self-sabotage. So protect us from, from ourselves. Protect us from pride. Protect us from greed, Father. Protect us from lust. All of those things that we bring in by not being aware of who we are in you. Save us from ourselves, Lord. Thank you for the salvation that comes from our Savior, Jesus Christ. For we know we have eternal life with you. And and in addition to having that eternal life, you have saved us, Father, from the enemy. That you are our hedge of protection. Help us to remember that you've done that. And when we remember all of this, Father, help us to be satisfied with who you are to us help us to be satisfied with a concrete solid foundation of placing our trust in you and satisfied with what you give us satisfied in the knowing that you will take care of all of our needs help us to rest in you we love you lord and we thank you for being a god that we can come and cry out to you we thank you for being a god that we can ask questions to we thank you for being a God who loves us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, I think that was pretty good to use that as a template for prayer. Now go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus, bye.